0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. There's a cartoon that has been making the rounds of social media this week, and it's made me laugh every time I've seen it it shows a group of people sort of in a, a circle who look like disciples. They're, um, they look like what we might imagine the biblical disciples look like. They're in robes, and they mostly have beards, and they're kneeling in prayer. And over each one's head are flames, like tongues of fire, like we just heard about from the Acts of the Apostles. And so there are these disciples kneeling in the circle, And then there's another disciple over to the right talking to a young person. And that disciple talking to the young person is is kind of scowling, looking at the young person. And then you see in the young person's hand a long stick, and on the end is a marshmallow. You get it? (laughs) And so the disciple standing looking at the young person says, Don't even think about it. It's made me laugh each time I've seen it, partly because it sort of pops up out of context, but also because I think it gets to an aspect of the Holy Spirit that perhaps we don't often hear about on Pentecost, or certainly I don't preach about on Pentecost. And that is the the Holy Spirit's way of of making herself known in our lives and our world through humor like humor, the Holy Spirit can be unpredictable and unruly. The Holy Spirit often defies custom or expectation and rarely stands on protocol or good manners. The Holy Spirit is not to be ordered or measured or kept in bounds The Holy Spirit, as we we know her through Holy Scripture, moves through wind and fire and water. and, And just when we think we know what to look for in our lives as a sign of the Spirit, then the Holy Spirit comes in some brand new way that we weren't looking for. In today's first reading from Acts, the Holy Spirit is described as as rushing like a violent wind, filling all the house and appearing in fire as if tongues of fire dancing over the heads of the disciples. Like a mighty wind, the Holy Spirit often blows away whatever barriers there might have been between disciples, between people, barriers in understanding, barriers in language, barriers in experience or theology or personality. Like the wind blowing over desert sand, the Holy Spirit smooths what was rough and uneven. And yet, the Holy Spirit is not always in a loud, rushing wind. Remember the old story about the prophet Elijah. Tired, hunted down by the queen, wondering if God had forgotten him completely, Elijah goes to hide in a cave. There in the cave, he wonders about God, and God eventually shows up. First, there's a loud, great, mighty wind, but God is not in the wind. Then there's an earthquake, but God is not in the earthquake. And then there's fire, but God is not there. And finally, once all of Elijah's preconceptions of God's appearance have been sorted through and gotten around, then God's spirit comes in a still, small voice. Or as some translations put it, the, sheer sound, the sound of sheer silence. Though it was not the case for Elijah, God's spirit often comes as fire. We read about that in Holy Scripture. For Moses and the people of, of Israel, God's holy fire led them through dark times, through the desert and eventually into liberation. In the Acts of the Apostles that we just heard, we, we read how these timid, scared, disorganized disciples are, are practically set on fire by the Holy Spirit. They leave their hideaway house inflamed with the love of God and a new sense of mission that takes them to the ends of the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit moves through wind and like fire, but also moves through water, the Holy Spirit moved over the water at the beginning of creation, way back in Genesis. The Holy Spirit parted the waters at Exodus and made a way for freedom. The Holy Spirit even used the image of a great fish to wash Jonah and bring him to himself and set him once again on the course of God's good will. And then famously, at the baptism of Jesus, the Holy Spirit appears as a dove over the water with blessing and cleansing and anointing. Last week, in uh, Marianne's baptism, we called down the Holy Spirit in a particular way over and in the waters of baptism. We prayed for God to move with spirit over the waters and into that water and into little Marian. To cleanse her from the power of sin to come, though she probably knows very little about sin now, one day she will encounter it, and so she 's made stronger by the presence of the Holy Spirit, strengthened for a life lived in faithfulness in sacred, in, in, in the sacrament of baptism, as the priest or bishop anoints with holy oil. We say, You are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. As powerfully as those disciples in the upper room um, receive the Holy Spirit, we too receive that Spirit in baptism. The water in which we die and rise again is holy water. And no matter what we do in the course of our life, no matter what sin, what harm, what disaster we might create, we never fully outgrow that residue of holy water. It clings to us. It stays with us. At our baptism, we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit's presence and movement, though we get no promises on exactly how the Spirit will show up for us. She might come through wind and blow away whatever is extra or no longer needed in our life. The winds of the Holy Spirit can sometimes open our ears to hear Scripture in a new way or to hear music or words in a new way, or perhaps even, and most difficult, to hear other people in a new way. Or maybe the Holy Spirit comes as God's sense of humor to help us laugh at ourselves, not to take ourselves quite so seriously, or, or finally to admit that perhaps we're not the center of the universe and have all the answers. When I think of God's movement of the Holy Spirit and a sense of humor, I think of the old words and images used by the 13th century monk and mystic Meister Eckhart, in words that lead us into next week, Trinity Sunday, Meister Eckhart heard and understood laughter as a profound theological expression. He used it as an explanation of the Holy Trinity. He asked, Do you want to know what goes on in the core of God's Trinity? Well, I will tell you, he said. In the core of the Trinity, the Father laughs and gives birth to the Son. The Son laughs back at the Father and gives birth to the Spirit, and the whole Trinity laughs and gives birth to us. On this day, as we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit in all its many forms, may we be open to the Spirit's reminding, to her strengthening, to his inflaming, to the peace-bestowing love that unsettles and eventually smiles us into smiling in the face of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs)